As you know, Building Remote Teams is a brand new podcast. And to celebrate our launch, we have some really awesome discounts to give you from some of our favorite tools for remote teams. We have discount tools for 1Password, Donut, Hey Taco, Carrot, BirthdayBot, KarmaBot, and a ton more. All you need to do is to go to buildingremoteteams.com and subscribe with your email. You'll get a link to the page with all of the recommended tools and discounts that I mentioned above. Now, on to the show. So I've had a really fluid career. While I've been a consultant for the majority of it, I've also worked in startups as a CEO, as a co-founder, and as an employee. In a few cases, part of the reason we weren't remote was because investors weren't a fan of the team not working in the same physical space. So I reached out to Marvin Liao of 500 Startups to get his take on the latest pulse in the venture capital space and to see how they view remote work. So if you're interested in startups or raising money, this sounds like a great episode for you. Let's go. Hey, everyone. We're here with Marvin Liao from 500 Startups. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. So you've been around, you've been at Yahoo, the days before Marissa, when everyone was remote, and now you're with 500 Startups. I'm excited to hear about that whole journey. First, tell us where, where are you working from today? Yeah, so I'm here in San Francisco. Um, I'm actually normally based out here, but I, I do travel probably 50, 60% of my time. So I'm probably doing it, I'm doing it the wrong way, I think. I should be based somewhere else and then traveling here. But anyways, my name is Marvin Lee. I'm a partner of 500 Startups, which is an early stage venture capital fund and accelerator. So I run the accelerator program based here in San Francisco, the core program that, that probably we're best known for. You know, been in Silicon Valley 20 years now. So did startups for many years. I was executive at Yahoo for about 10 and a half years. I then did a bunch of angel investing and boards, survey boards for a couple of years before I joined 500. So I've been at 500 Startups now almost six years. And so I helped start the San Francisco office here. Very cool. And, and today, so you're at San Francisco. Do you, are you at like a co-working space? Are you at a 500 Startups Yeah, we're, we're at our office. Yeah, we're, we're here at our office on uh, Mission Street. So our headquarters. Awesome. I'm in Ottawa, Canada, although my wife is actually in San Francisco this whole week. Oh, ironic. So, um, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah we, she, we rarely travel as a family, so that's that's great. Okay, so you're at Yahoo. Yahoo for, is famous for early on doing remote work before Marissa Mayer killed it, I think in 2012 or early 2013. I can't remember. She killed it. She killed it, I think, like 2013 or 2014. Got it. So, so Yahoo is always a very global company, right? We had offices everywhere. We also had a fairly large sort of I would say remote sort of like work. We had some remote work culture, mm -hmm. which I would say is probably abused. And so, so what, what a lot of people didn't realize, and, and this is hearsay, I wasn't there. Like I left Yahoo, you know, end of 2011, beginning of 2012. So right. Marissa came on board sort of like end of 2012. And this is what I heard from, from friends who were still working there was that, you know, for, when you work at a big company, you just have to use like VPNs, right? right. And they, this was data driven. So what they found out was just, the, the remote work was actually abused. And so they checked that a lot of people weren't VPNing in. So they literally weren't like, you need to VPN to get access to your email. You need to VPN to get access to a lot of the, you know, sort of like the, the, the core infrastructure at Yahoo. So a lot of people weren't doing that. So what I had understood was that it was abused and Yahoo, frankly, was not the best managed company. So I think a lot of people took advantage of the the sort of, how should I say, the free remote work culture. 
Right. In that they probably just weren't working unless they're yes. just opening, opening up like notepad and just working locally, you know, on just brain dumping their stuff. But likely that's not yeah. the case. No, but you actually, but to go check your email, you actually need to VPN in, right? So that's just what I heard. I have no idea. I don't know what was the thinking behind it. Like I, I you know, as you know, like a lot of people on your podcast, like we're all believers in remote work if right. it's done sure. well. Right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But at the time, yeah, were you working? I guess what did it look like? Was it like a distributed team where you had just offices all over the place, and people still came to the office, or were you at home? So, so my yeah, my my last I would say four years, four and a half years, all my my senior bosses were like elsewhere, either in Singapore or in like mm-hmm. Switzerland, and my entire team was completely distributed. So I, I ran a business group that was you know focusing on the MIA region. My last two years, particularly, I was running a business group that was mm-hmm. focusing on MIA region. I was the only person in the U.S. So everybody else that was reporting to me was in Switzerland, London, Barcelona, Mumbai, Dubai. So like you know all over the MIA region. Very cool. And and all our partners were all over the place, right? So I spent a lot of time like I was traveling like three and a half weeks out of the month. So you know it was a fully wow. remote team. Wow. All right, so we're done with that. No one talks about Yahoo anymore. It's over. Yeah. yeah. So now you're into the VC stuff. And I first heard you when you were yeah. talking, uh, where you were about to speak at Running Remote, and I looked into some of your stuff. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this guy is 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 in the VC space and is actually you know a real believer in remote. And, and likely part of it's just influence from your experience at Yahoo, where you know things seem to work, at least with yes. your team, where everyone being distributed. And the one thing that I've seemed to notice, at least in the past you know, five to 10 years, is VCs are really wanting people to be in the office altogether for, you know, for whatever reason. It sounds like you're, you're less that way. So what's like your current kind of feeling on the landscape for companies who want to start? I think, it, yeah, that's a great question. I think it's changing. I think the traditional VCs still think that way, mm. but a lot of them are dying out. And I think if you look at a lot of them, and I also think even a lot of them are coming around to the view that, like, you know, think about like five years ago, like VCs would have been adamant about like, no, everybody needs to be here in Silicon Valley. I think because of cost structure and everything, they're going, and, and also I think, frankly speaking, the lack of loyalty of sort of like the mercenary behavior oh, yeah. of like talent here and marginal talent. I think a lot of like, there's great talent everywhere now. I think there's realization of just like, hey, actually, you can keep your engineering and back office somewhere else in Central Eastern Europe, in Canada, in Latin America, wherever, like, you know, like wherever there's awesome talent or in India um, and keep your back office else there and keep your sales and marketing office here. That's become much more widely accepted in general. And I actually have a lot of VC friends that very big firms are like asking their companies, like, why is everybody here, right? Like, does it make sense to keep everybody here? Like, why do you not have some of your back office somewhere else? Yeah, why can't we just have a couple of Marvins all around the world so this guy doesn't have to be sitting in an airplane for the majority of his life? And I also think what's also happening and changing now, just like it's become much more talent driven. And I, I don't think the talent wants to stay in these big, expensive cities anymore. So it's definitely changed. I think the millennial generation, everyone throws that out there. They have different expectations of work now. I also think the tools that are available now versus when I was you know, at Yahoo back in like 2009, 2010, you know, 2011 was very different. Like there are just so many more amazing tools now to sort of enable remote work. I think there's also a lot more companies that pioneered the culture and the best practices that didn't exist back then. So it's becoming easier. I'm not going to say it's easy. Mm -hmm. It is becoming easier 
for companies to do remote work. So okay, so two thousand. So the last four years, two thousand, like of of the two thousands. Yeah, what? Yeah, what were you using to collaborate? I mean, surely email was popular. Was that like that was post MSN, like and, and AOL IM days? Like, how are you collaborating back then? You mean like now versus back in like 20, 2008, yeah, 9, exactly. 10? What were you doing Actually, just, to communicate with your team then? Yeah, just a, a lot like um, Messenger. So we, you know, we were at Yahoo, so we had to use Yahoo Messenger, which is defunct oh, now. But course. we did a lot of that. We we did a lot of like, we just did a lot of calls. Yeah. Like just a lot of like voice conferencing, right? And no video, so Skype. I oh, I guess yeah, Skype. And, yeah, and video was, ex- yeah, I mean, it, we used Skype video. It wasn't optimal that's still not optimal right. but like you know this is before slack like slack is a game changer in my opinion mm. and and just a lot of email right email a lot of a lot of sort of like conferencing calls like either skype or other mm. other tools and a lot of messenger sure you're... which is kind of a, i guess equivalent to slack in some ways mm-hmm. you're saying that things are becoming more talent driven in the area and the startups versus i don't know what does that mean and what was it before I, I think that that this was a place to be, and I still think in many ways it still is a place to be. But you know, the, the rising costs over the last five years have really made a lot of people rethink. Like, wow, do I really want to like live here anymore? Right? Like mm-hmm. San Francisco. As much as I love to see, I've been here twenty years. It's kind of a crap hole now. Like, it's really dirty. It's not very well run. It's overrun. Like very little works, even though the weather's amazing. But just it's kind of a hellish place to live, and it's just so expensive. And so I think this has really forced a lot of people to sort of rethink their lives. A lot of people are moving all over the place now. Wait, San Francisco's getting worse. Like this is a non-San Francisco person you're talking to. I've visited a number of times. Yeah, it's pretty crap. I mean, I'm. I, I mean, if anyone who knows me, I've been. I'm pretty <laughs> vocal about stuff and this is, I, I work sort of in the downtown sort of so my area and it's just like, it's just right. horrible. But with horrible. all the money come like with tech, tech companies, you think you'd be getting better. Yeah. You would think that. Huh? Interesting. Huh? I did. I did not know that things were getting worse in San Francisco. I just thought it's just more expensive than either the same or getting better. No, it's not getting better. I think it's just it's always been a very poorly run city, but just it, it, it was a city that's not built to handle the the traffic and influx of people coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I moved here, it's like 500, 600,000 people, and now we're like 950,000 people. So there's oh, just an wow. influx of a lot of people. So just like it's the infrastructure is just is not set up for that. Hmm, makes sense. Okay. So now people are thinking, okay, do I actually want to move, move to San Francisco? And VCs are starting to ask themselves, is this really the best way to deploy capital, I guess, is to spend whatever it is, $110,000 on a, on a on a grad engineer, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty ridiculous. And, and the, the talent is also tends to be disloyal. So tell me a little bit about that. You mentioned, yeah, you mentioned disloyal. You said it's a bit more mercenary style. Because you have so many opportunities, right? There's so many opportunities. So you literally can go anywhere and everywhere, right? You literally can even work in, you know, for just an extra ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to go and like work in the same building and another company <laughs> in the same building. Really? So, so are, are you saying that people just don't stay at companies very long then? Yeah, generally speaking. So how can that change if a company, let's say a San Francisco, right? They're, they're there for Y Combinator or 500 startups, and now they're getting serious of, of starting to build their company. And maybe the founders want to stay in San Francisco. How can they, you know, what's the alternative then with remote work? How could that look? 
I mean, you're seeing that already, right? You're seeing seeing a lot of folks like moving to sort of like low sort of like cost structures. And I think a lot of the stuff was, you know, I think there's a very big difference between digital nomads and sort of remote workplaces, right? right? But just, I've been spending a lot of time in Asia, like whether it's Thailand and Indonesia, Taiwan, you know, Portugal, Central Eastern Europe, like just, you're starting to see a lot more, there's just a lot more prevalence. And I think there's a lot better understanding of it. You're seeing a lot of people move to Austin, Texas, Port, you know, Portland, you know, Boulder, Colorado, like there's just a lot of really, 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 really interesting and wonderful places to live now that you can just basically right. plug in from anywhere. And so you don't necessarily have to be in based in these centers of like New York or LA or San Francisco, which are wonderful places, like still good places to live and where it's just such huge densities of talent. But I, I think like a lot of talent is just realizing like, hey, I don't have to be here and I can still, there's still a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of great companies doing remote work. Even the big companies are waking up to the fact they're just like, you know, think about what's the biggest cost structures, people and it's real estate, right? And they're going, wait a minute, you don't actually, in some cases, like saving time and money on the commute. So, you know, you have traditional startup, they want to get VC money. Do they have to approach VCs differently or like have a higher threshold that they need to be able to attain to get money from VCs? Like, is it different now if VCs are more open to it or or maybe they're not, maybe someone's not sure if a VC is open to the idea of remote work? I mean, there are some, I mean, the reality is that there are some that are like, that, that have, there's still a lot of VCs that don't like that. I think at the end of the day though, you know, whether you're remote or here, you're sort of like, you know, everybody is in the same office. I think as long as they're sort of, you're thoughtful about it and it makes sense. I think a VC will back the business as long as the business and the team, you know, the team is good and the business makes sense. I think, I think VCs are much more open-minded to it. So at the end of the day, right, right. That it's, being remote is a small feature. (laughs) And so I I don't know if that would dissuade investors if the business is really, really interesting and the team is really, really good from investing as long as it's done thoughtfully, right? Like as long as the remote work is done thoughtfully, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's, you know, I I don't think it's as big of a deal as a lot of people think. Okay. Well, that's, that's encouraging then, I guess, probably for, for anyone listening. And I guess by the same token, if VCs in general are more open to it, then they don't all just have to go to San Francisco to try to raise money. But presumably they can just go anywhere now, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> so I, we, don't, I, we don't have an office in your town, but like we could talk all the time if you want, uh, Mr. Ms. Investor. Yeah, I, and I, I'm seeing a lot of, like I said, it's just like a lot of the VCs in the Valley, after a long time, to be honest, are now starting to invest doing a lot more investments like outside of the outside of the valley and even in some cases like outside of the US. So you're starting to see a lot of change, right? There's so much money flowing around and I think there's wider recognition. There's awesome companies everywhere. So there's there's more stuff happening. And I think that's a great thing. Mm. That's great. Do you have, I guess, would you, if someone's a remote company, would you say, hey, maybe head towards these VCs more than these other VCs? Is there like a general bucket that you'd recommend or names of companies? I mean, you kind of, you kind, you kind of just got to do the research. But like, you know, my friends that initialize are big fans of remote work. I think a lot of the early stage VCs, the seed VCs in general, mm. tend to be much more open to that. Yeah, that would make sense. You have less money. You're trying to squeeze out the value from whatever money you have, and remote can be a good way to do that. And they also tend to be less traditional, right? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, explain explain what that means. I just think like if you're seed VC, there's you don't have as much money to deploy, but you're also much more earlier stage and i just think in general you're hungrier mm-hmm. and so i i do think that there is a lot there mm-hmm. like i just think it's a it's a mindset thing too yeah i think that makes a lot right of sense. by being an early stage you have to be in general a lot more cutting edge and just be a lot more in tune with sort of like the the, the sort of like the larger trends in general mm-hmm. and, and i'm obviously generalized yeah 
what would you say for the for the opposite for so maybe a startup who is in San Francisco and they're like or New York or wherever you know with a high yeah. a very high expensive cost of living and they're like no I want to build in an office right now I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that I just think mm-hmm. as long as you you're like you know why you're doing that right like I have friends who've run very very successful startups you know several hundred mil you know several hundred people making like a lot of revenue raised a lot of money mm-hmm. and for them they're like no like we're for us we're always just going to have everybody here in the same office right mm-hmm. and like that's fine i think as long as you are thoughtful because like this is a culture we want we want everybody here that's fine right like i don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that i i think this idea just like I don't think it's binary. It's just you have to be one or the other, right? Like, I just think like you have to be one or the other as long as you're thoughtful about it. You know, and then there's thoughtfulness of just like, like, and I think it's the type of culture you want to build. Like, I have a lot of friends who are like these hardcore remote workers. Like, no, remote is the future. I'm like, yes, in general, I think you're going to see a lot more remote work, fully remote work companies, like several hundred, even some cases like thousands, right? Like, I do see that that's possibility, but I think that's a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I really like the the term you use, thoughtful, right? Like you're being intentional, you're being thoughtful, you're putting in the effort to decide what you want your company to be or your company culture, yes. or whatever that really yeah, means. Right. You know, yeah, that's right. And and being really deliberate in that, and so that you can build the company in the way that you want, and you're not just kind of falling into it and not asking those questions. Because I, I, I yes. think at least for remote, a lot of people are just a, like at least traditional companies are afraid of it. They're like, I just don't trust my employees. It's like, well, have you actually been deliberate in that? Yeah, and and I don't know. I I, I think that points. I think that points to larger issues. <laughs> Oh yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, if you don't trust your employees to do a couple of days of work from home and actually think that they're going to be productive, there's probably bigger issues. Yeah, I, I, I just think, and I think that's a traditional industrial mindset too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For the last couple of minutes here, Marvin, what are the kind of companies that you're that you're particular looking at if someone wanted to reach out to you, start exploring getting investment? Or joining the accelerator. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at any business that's sort of like software driven, that is like, you know, focusing on like a huge problem who they know their customers really well. And, you know, like I would say in general, like I look at a lot of fintech, I look at a lot of SaaS, I look at a lot of marketplace businesses, mm-hmm. IoT, like really almost everything, every single space in general, that's as long as like it's, it's mainly software driven mm-hmm. is kind of where, where we can add a lot about. Yeah, that makes sense. Marvin, thanks a lot for for coming on the show. Yeah, I I hope it's helpful and interesting. Yes, it is helpful and interesting. Both, two for two. Last question. You know, you're you're a big fan of remote. You do work work remotely. What is the one thing that you need to have with you that makes your remote life totally bearable? Yeah, I mean, it's probably basic, but it's just like, it's there's two things. I think it's my like my iPhone because you need that for everywhere you oh, go, that's boring. right? And then boring, boring. yeah, that's boring. It is boring. <laughs> and I'll say my Kindle. Kindle, tell me about that. I just I'm a I'm a reader, and so especially when sitting in traffic or you're flying a lot, like I do, like having a Kindle is great. Like you know where before in my previous life at Yahoo, you know this is before Kindle. Like I'd had to carry like four or five books, right? And which can be very, very heavy. And this magic of just having hundreds of books in your, in your Kindle is, is wonderful. Wait, sitting in traffic plus Kindle. How does that work? You're, are you driving your I'm car? just being able to read. No, no, no. Like, I mean, I, I don't drive like, you know, oh. sitting in traffic oh. and, and having, you know, having the opportunity to go and like read, right? When you're so in the passenger seat, I, a, right? Just be, just be... Yes, yes, yes. Okay, in the okay. passenger seat. Okay, great. Okay. Just make it sure. 
Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, Marvin Liao from, from Five Hundred Startups. Thanks a lot again for coming on the show. So for everyone listening to the show now, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Building Remote Teams. See you around. Thank you. Bye. Hey, listeners, we're really trying to get the message out about how remote teams can be so awesome. If you found this podcast helpful, would you take 60 seconds to leave us a review in iTunes? It helps us rank to have more people learn about this show, and it helps us know which content is the most helpful. As a thank you, I'll try to read every review on the show and give you a shout out. Thanks a lot. <laughs>